And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. In a world of uncertainty, one thing is for sure, cancer doesn't stop during a global crisis. On Saturday, June 13th, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society will host a trailblazing event, Big Virtual Climb, sponsored by AbbVie to support their investment in groundbreaking research to advance blood cancer cures and its first in-class patient education and services, including financial support and clinical trial navigation. Step up and take cancer down by climbing 61 floors or 1,762 steps. Inside or outside, on stairs, on the road, or your treadmill, climb your way. Join us for an opening ceremony and then take on your climb with a heart-pumping playlist. Join us on June 13th from coast to coast as we come together to climb, conquer, and cure. Register at lls.org slash bigclimb. Welcome back to Straight from the Source with Michael Russo. Uh, really happy to be joined by one of my, I know I say this a lot, but this is true. Uh, one of my favorite wild players ever. He spent 10 seasons with the Minnesota Wild. He was one of the, uh, the longest tenured wild players when he played. He technically had three stints with the Minnesota Wild. He's 21st in games played uh, all time with 353 games. Although Nate Prosser, if you played every game, he'd probably be first all time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I want to know my numbers on uh, healthy scratches. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you labeled it, I won't even take credit for it. It was one of the great labels of all time. You, you labeled the press box the press box. Yeah. I don't know. I just... Uh, I don't know, kind of made my role there, I guess, um, you know, <laughs> getting comfortable up there and, you know, kind of wait for my time for my number to be called. And that's kind of the name of the game for me for a lot of years. And I'll tell you, I mean, to me, what was so amazing about your career with the Minnesota Wild is, is that you had an uncanny ability. And this is why all the coaches loved you is that you could be out of the lineup for a month and come in and be the same exact player there was it just I don't know how it felt to you on the ice, but it from the press box it didn't look like there was any rust ever. You played the same game. Well, honestly, like I knew when I got into the lineup, every game was a tryout for me. So it's like almost every game was could have been my last game. Um, you know, I was on a, I was on a two way contract a lot of my years, so it, it wouldn't have been hard to put me down in the minors a lot of times. So I knew, you know, as a number seven defenseman, you're pretty easily replaceable. So if I got in and I'm playing against the Dallas Stars, well, it's go time. Like I need to prove that I still belong, and I, you know, that uh, you know a young prospect wasn't going to come up and take my spot in the lineup the next go around. So, I I knew that you know what position I was in, and you know I I also knew that it, you know, I the NHL is such a great the best league to play in. By I mean, 
you go up and down the the list of the pros of being in the NHL. It's I mean it's 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 it's, it's everyone's dream, and I, I wanted to stay there as long as I could. The 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 thing that was always um, you know impressive to me, Nate, and and your dad said it so well in a feature that I wrote once on you, is you. You know, when you're a seventh or eighth defenseman in the NHL, you're so expendable. There's always somebody that is going to take your job. That that you know, every year the there is ju- it's just easy to throw a young guy there or somebody else. You always think you could get that better player, but for you to forge this you know ten year wild career and now twelve years professionally in the NHL, you're in the Philadelphia Flyers organization right now. It says something not just about the type of player you are on the ice, but the type of character and your attitude in the locker room. Because a lot of guys in your position could be very negative and could be have attitude issues and things like that. But it says something about you that you've been able to continually stay on with franchises. Yeah, um, you know, that's another thing that you know I wanted to you know tip my cap for is I, I knew that what the way I needed to perform once that once my number was called. But at the same time when I'm not in the lineup, I, I knew I needed to go to the rink every day with a smile on my face. Whether we're on a losing streak, winning streak, it didn't matter. I, I wanted all my teammates to know that, you know, Pross is coming with a good attitude. He's going to work hard today in practice. He's going to push us to the limit. Um, he's going to make us all smile and laugh out there. You know, it's not going to be, uh, you know, going World War Three at each other on the ice. It's, it's you know, we're, we're going to have some fun today. And, um, you know, I, I wanted to be that guy that, you know, was a positive light around that locker room. And, um, you know, that's that's something that I, I, I took pride in. And um, I knew I, I saw guys from around the league when I when I played that I heard, you know, things here or there about them. You know, rumors go around and, you know, you hear a, a negative thing about someone. Well, they, they seem to be gone out of the league faster than you can blink. They're over in Russia or overseas playing the next year or the two years later. And. You know, I, I just, I, like I said, the NHL was my dream and I, I wanted to be there as long as I could. And I wanted to do anything I, in my power that would have kept me there the longest. And if that's, you know, bringing a good attitude and a good light to, you know, Ryan Suter and Jared Spurgeon every day to, you know, make them feel good about their game for the next game. Well, then, then that's what I'm going to do. And it does say everything about you. You could put you in the wild locker room tomorrow and it would be the same jokes, the same guy walking in there. Everybody would just be uh, laughing away. We are talking with Nate Prosser, a former Philadelphia uh, Flyers uh, player, former longtime Minnesota Wild defenseman, signed out of Colorado College, the pride of Elk River, Minnesota Mr. Uh, or excuse me, Hockey Day Minnesota hero, uh, Nate Prosser, I should say. You're listening to Straight from the Source with Michael Russo to subscribe to The Athletic. Go to theathletic.com slash straight from the source. You'll get in for 40% off. Um, you also, Nate, not not to make you blush, but you are such a good citizen. You know, you're, you're a family man. You're all about your faith. And the, the thing that I just loved about you is you had this way of getting under everybody's skin. You yeah. talked a lot of crap. But the thing that everybody knows about you is that you barely ever swore. You would actually say <laughs> things like, like frick on the ice and, <laughs> and things like that, uh, you know, which I think has to almost make players lose their mind even more when you're going up against them. And yeah. This guy's getting in my face and saying, frick you. Yeah. <laughs> I had a few guys get a good chuckle out of me. You know, I, I'm getting like good, uh, good chirpy matches with like Drew Doughty and Patrick Kane. I don't know. I like going after like the studs of the other teams. And, you know, the <laughs> way I chirp, they're, you know, they'd laugh at me. And, you know, Doughty says I couldn't chirp him. Yeah, I wasn't on his level. And, um, you know, like that kind of stuff. I don't know. It's all in good fun. You know, I even saw him underneath by the locker room at the Staples Center one game and he just like saw me from a distance and started laughing so we were able to kind of shake hands and say you know all good and that stuff but yeah w- whatever I did on the ice stayed on the ice and it's it's not like it ever carried over it never got anything personal or anything like that I you know I just I wanted to be uh emotionally invested in the game and it, and it, it, it brought up every part of my game when I was yapping with you know Taves or um, Jamie Ben or whoever it might have been, like it, it helped me get be more physical in the game. And when I'm more physical, it got my legs going. It, you know, it got my head going. It, it just kind of the rest of my game kind of went with it. So um, I don't know. It's just kind of something that I have been doing for a lot of years. And um, I don't know. It's not something that I I I, I guess I like. You know, I, I a lot of guys don't like that I do it. But um, you know, it just kind of gets me into the game. 
and man, you could take a hit. Uh, <laughs> I, I always say uh, it's unbelievable. You're like Gumby out there, how hard you could get hit in the corner. You take that hit, and yet you just bounce off of it. Uh, where does that come from? Because I don't think a lot of people know that when you were a freshman at Elk River High School, you were five foot two. Yeah, yeah, I, I was a late bloomer. Um, you know, my dad always feared for my life when we when we'd go on these AAA tournaments up to you know Brandon, Manitoba. You know, when I was you know 14 years old, we'd play against you know a lot of these Canadians. They had beards and armpit hair, and um, they're all six foot and ready to take my head off my shoulders. So um, he feared for my life. Going, he'd always you know the, before I even got in the ice, he'd tell me to you know watch my back like I'm you know like that's I don't know like it wasn't like go score a goal or go play hard or you know make the right plays you know, it's like watch your back so um he knew kind of the, the situation I was in and um you know I finally was able to hit that growth spurt and um you know everything kind of took off late for me but uh yeah I don't know I, I guess it's kind of a lot of it's just you know I've been training the right way over the last you know 10 years where you know, I'm able to absorb force and, um, you know, have, may have a little bit of Gumby in me. Cause I, yeah, I mean, 10 years ago when I, when I got in, you know, into the NHL and I was playing against, you know, guys like Brandon Bolleg, I remember, and he would, he was a jacked guy that looked to take my head off my shoulders every shift. And he got a hold of me a few times and, um, you know, I, that was my role. I, I was a, you know, third set defenseman when I did get in and, um, I was playing against other teams' third and fourth lines, and at that time, it was you know their job is isn't to score goals; it's to create energy and you know put put me in row D. So I, I was I was kind of the 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 checking guy there for that case. Do you remember when we were in Chicago once? Um, Brandon Bola got into it with somebody. During a face-off, Heater. And Danny Heatley, yeah, Danny Heatley in like the most exaggerated yeah. way ever, <laughs> skated to the other side of the face-off circle and just in an animated fashion looked at Brandon yeah. Bullock's nameplate for yeah. everybody to see to try oh, to figure out man. who he was. It I was do hysterical. remember that. Heater, I mean, there's stories with Heater like beyond belief. I love telling Heater stories. I I even <laughs> tell like a lot of the guys stories nowadays that you know I'm down the minor leagues now and. You know, some of the greatest stories are always Heater. He's uh, he was one of a kind. I mean, especially on the card table and um, you know outside of the the, the rink, he he was a character. The uh, no offense, Nate, but you were actually Plan B for this podcast. I actually asked Heatley first if he wanted no to come way. on. No I yeah. So I, for for two years, every time we're in California, I'll I text Heater. I'm like, hey, I'll come out to Manhattan Beach. Let's sit down, do your first story since you've retired from the NHL. And he's like, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. And so the no other way. day. Yeah, some of the some of the other day, somebody on Twitter asked me. He's like, "Any any chance you can get Danny Heatley on your podcast?" So I texted him, and it was kind of the same thing. It's like I'm just, uh, he, you know, he's so satisfied being in the private world now. He's got yeah. two kids. He he, uh, you know, plays tennis every day and all this stuff. So, oh my god! So when gosh. he didn't, say, yeah, when he didn't say yes, I'm like, oh, I'll text, I'll text, I'll text Pross. I'll, I'll so. throw him a text too. He um, <laughs> he throws me a text every now and then, but like, uh, I don't know. I had a, a shirt that looked like a priest. Uh, and I wore it on 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 the road a lot, and he he took a picture of me on the plane when we were playing cards, and he still got that in his phone for some reason. He saved that picture, so he, he texts me that picture every now and then. So when he texts me that next time, I'll be like, "What the heck? What have you been up to?" And get on get on the show with Russo. It's funny. I got to ask you about poker. I have that actually on my list and I want to ask it to you about now. I used to always hear these stories about you on the plane taking everybody's money playing <laughs> pro, playing poker. But then you talk to some guys and like process the worst poker player ever. But I always found it amazing that you would go head to head against these gazillionaires oh, on the plane. And you were always a guy making, you know, league minimum or something around there. Yeah. And yet you had the, the guts to go up against these guys well, that are making uh, 98 million. Um, yeah, <laughs> like how, how how does that work? Where do you find that? Uh, where do you find that? Is it just confidence in your poker game, or what is it? Yeah, I, no, I mean I've, I've played a lot of cards in my day. We play a lot of cards in my basement, and you know at Castro's, and you know um, I don't know. Like you said, I was always league minimum guys. I was playing against you know I remember like Matt Cook and Seto and uh, Gilbert and Brodziak and Tori Mitchell and Setaguchi and Heater and. Um, you know, guys that are making four, five, six, seven million. I was like, man, so I, when they were raising 
pre-flops of, you know, a couple hundred dollars <laughs> or something, you know, I, I was, they all knew me as the tight player. So when I played, they knew I had aces or kings or something, you know, that was the chirp with me. Like, you know, I was the tightest player on the table, but you know, to my, to my defense, like I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to write a check at the end of the month for, you know, a couple grand or 10 grand or whatever it might've been. You know, there was guys, you know, losing a lot of money. I, I actually, um, controlled the books for the, for a lot of years there. So like when I was, you know, doing all the math and you know, who paid who, I mean, there was guys writing out some nasty checks we did, we paid out at the end of every month and it was, I mean, it got out of hand there for a while. And, um, we, we stopped playing that, um, you know, once those guys all left, we, we got into more like cribbage and, you know, like, you know, games that weren't just crazy, just, you know, it, when you lose that much money, you know, heater laughed it off. You know, he, he was able to be like, ah, whatever, like, you know, bring a stack of cash and paid it out. No big deal. But <laughs> a lot of guys, it was like, uh, you know, it, you don't want to lose that kind of money. You know, even when you did make a crap ton, it, it's still like we were prior playing for a little too high of stakes, but no, it, yeah. it was fun. And, um, I, I remember paying a couple of times, but for the most part, I, I, I got, you know, I, I would say I'm up, you know, I don't know how, <laughs> how much or anything. So when, I don't know, I guess it was just a, a joke on whether I was a good player or bad player, but you know, I was the tightest player. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, yeah, one of my great athletic stories ever would be if you will ever let me review those books and do a big story oh on some of those airplane gosh. poker games. <laughs> like when, ba yeah, Keith Ballard too. Like he's like, I'm gonna pay your mortgage for this month, heater. <laughs> like I'm gonna buy a Ford Explorer after this month. <laughs> oh man, you know, it does remind me. So when I when I, I when I covered the Florida Panthers, I wound up playing poker one night with a bunch of Panther players. Some very well-known, very rich players, and I was scared to death. And what I – it was my idea. I said, instead of a cash game, I will come I will come and play with you guys if we play a tournament. Tournament, yeah. A, a little sit-and-go tournament because now – all right, say it's, even if it's 500 to buy into this tournament, at least that's once I spend the 500, I'm as rich as you. Yeah, you know? and that's, as, that's, uh, that's the most I'm going to lose, yeah. Yeah. And so, like, that's that to me is like, uh, you know, that to me, at least then I wasn't as intimidated if I was going up against, I don't want to say some of the players that were in this game that I was in once. And I once cashed in this game. And uh, but it was, you know, that's how I felt is that, like, all right, if it's not a cash game, if you just buy in, once you're bought in, you're bought in. And now yeah. I, I, don't, I don't care if I'm playing against Roberto Luongo. I've got yeah. as much money as Roberto Luongo. Exactly. So. And we did a lot of tournaments, too. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's where it got ruthless was when guys got down after two road trips they're down you know and they're chasing they're you know buying back in for more buying back in for more and pushing harder and you know raising more and it just i mean it, it there was some crazy pots that i remember how about the horse racing game did you start that stuff because that's a fun game no that's really fun no, I, I think no stalock brought that on the on the plane uh <laughs> like last year i think and yeah that that i mean that gets loud and guys hooting and hollering. Yeah. that's that's a fun game there was a game in san jose last year where the wild played it wasn't this past season but two seasons ago where uh on the way to san jose um, after they played this horse racing game, and if you don't know it, just Google it. Go on Amazon and Google like horse racing dice card game, and you'll see it. It's a real fun game. You play it in your house, whatever. Um, it's awesome if it's at low stakes. Well, they play on the plane, and it gets so rowdy that Zach Parisi lost his voice. <laughs> and after the game, Zach Parisi was interviewed by Kevin Gorg, and he barely had a voice. And I'm getting all these uh, t tweets from Wild fans like, is Zach Parisi sick? You know, what's going on with Zach Parisi? Yeah, and yeah. so the next day we're in Southern California. I go to Parisi. I'm like, hey, are you sick or something? Because everybody said you had no voice. And they're like, he's like, no, I played the horse racing game on the plane. <laughs> and lost my voice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it got so loud on there where we, we always question, like, we probably shouldn't do this after a loss. You know, like we still <laughs> did, but like. After a loss, we were trying to, like, keep it to a whisper, but it, it, it never stayed that way. So, all, you know, you'd see the coaches looking back and whatever. Like, we were all hooting and hollering, over, you know, over some racing and a, a seven making it the furthest. So, it, I mean, that game's great. Uh, let's talk, uh, Nate, a little bit more about your uh, your hockey career. Um, you mentioned your dad, Chris. Uh, he's one of my favorite people ever. Um, you mentioned Castro's, which is his uh, private cigar club that I might be a member of as well. Um I once sat in this cigar club with your dad to do this feature on you. 
And first of all, this lead that I wrote got him in a lot of trouble with your mom because uh, apparently he <laughs> told her that it, like he stopped smoking cigars. But in the lead, I, I, I <laughs> paint this picture of him smoking a cigar. But he was lying my favorite to her. leads that I've yeah, I know. Yeah. So it's one of my favorite leads I've ever written. He, he, I, I asked him, I said, if you had to give a scouting report on Nate, what would it be? And then my, I write, Chris Prosser takes a puff of his cigar, absorbs the question, blows out the smoke, and flashes a mischievous gin. He goes, hmm. <laughs> the elder Pross says before laughing hard at his son's expense, 39's not pretty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's probably my toughest critic, um, but he's kind of been the one that has believed in me all the way. Um, he, Him and myself are probably the only two people that ever – kind of kept the dream you know there's a lot of times there where uh I didn't know if I was going to play college hockey I didn't know if I was going to make my high school team I didn't know if I was going to make a USHL team I mean all the way up I never made the select teams in the top the top dog team so um you know I just as soon as I hit my growth spurt I kept improving year in year out and um you know he was kind of the my the, the guy I always kind of leaned on and asked for advice from and he, um, you know, the one thing, as you mentioned, you had this growth spurt when you were young, but I mean, you've openly said, I remember that first time I sat down to write a big feature on you at Tom Reed's and no, sorry, we were at the, um, what's the place, right? Eagle street. Grill. Yeah. Eagle street. Yeah. I remember and, that. Yep. Yeah. You and I sat there and, and you were telling me that, that even your friends to this day, and this is when you were in the league, probably five or six years would say to you, I can't believe that you're the guy from Elk River that made it, right? Because you oh were even gosh. on your high school teams, not the best player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, when I was like in eighth, ninth grade and going watching Elk River High School, like there was like, you know, 10 years there where we were really good and it was it was really fun to go to high school games. We had, you know, Nathies and Stewart and, um, you know, a lot of, I mean, Hansons. I mean, the list goes cr- crazy long of all these good players that came out of our city and, um I, I went as soon as I got into high school and, you know, through USHL, I mean, I, I could call up old high school buddies and I mean, no one, even in college, you know, I was like 21, 22, 23 in college. Like, I don't even know if they would believe that, the, you know, the, that I would make it into the NHL and have a career there. Um, it, it's just kind of, like I said, I, 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 I took pride in, my attitude and my work ethic and I, I brought my work every day um, and I, I worked hard and um, I was undrafted. So that was another kind of uh, mm-hmm. wrinkle in the whole situation where it was hard for me to make it. I was, I got out of college at 24, who, what 24 year old undrafted kid makes it um, into the NHL and has a career there. I mean, it, it's, it's pretty rare, but uh, um, you know, I, I'm thankful that I was able to have that kind of career and um, you know, I, I I look back now on it and it, it, it makes me smile about, you know, all the stories that I have and the, the years that I was able to play there. And it was, it was a lot of good years. I met a lot of good guys, you know, the wild organizations top notch. And, um, you know, the, I've made a lot of friendships throughout these years and, um, it, it, it was a, it's been a journey and I, it's, it's still going, you know, it's, it's, it's been yeah. fun. I, I remember, uh, Nate, when you signed out of Colorado College with the Minnesota Wild. I was at my buddy Marty's house in Nashville. And um, and all of a sudden we get this alert that, that the Wild signed college free agent Nate Prosser. I had to Google who the heck you were. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And you, yeah. Show, you show up in Nashville. Uh, we're told that you're going to be with the Wild the rest of the year. They're going to burn the contract. You're not going to play a minute, but you're just going to practice with the team. You look nervous and all this stuff. Oh you gosh. show up and, and all of a sudden – it's the last uh, couple, last week of the season. We go to Vancouver, and the Wild lost like three defensemen. Yeah, like I think it was like Zidlitsky. Z- yeah, Schultz. Uh, maybe Nick Schultz. Yeah, yep, and and somebody else. Yeah. And next thing we know, you make your NHL debut in Edmonton. You assist on a goal in that game, um, and the rest is history. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you get the opportunity, you got to run with it, and that's why you know I tell a lot of kids now is like. I mean, even the kids I play with, young prospects that I play with in Lehigh Valley this year, is when you get that opportunity, you, you got to go with it. I mean, you, you got to perform and, you know, play the game that God gave you. And, um, you know, I was able to do that those last three games that year. I played in Edmonton, then uh, I think in Calgary the next Calgary. night. And then, yep. and then like two two nights after that uh, at home against Dallas, was, you know, you know against Mike Madano. And, uh, <laughs> it, I mean, it was what a journey. And, um, 
yeah, I, 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 of course I was nervous. I, uh, I grew up watching the wild and going on the XL Energy Center. And, you know, I, as soon as I signed, um, after we lost out at Colorado College, um, we lost in Duluth. And I, I didn't know wh what league I was going to go to. You know, I remember talking to my agent, you know, Neil Sheehy at the time. And he just said, you know, come back to the, to the Twin Cities with us if you can. And um, you got some interest. I didn't know if that interest was from the Houston Arrows or, you know, Minnesota Wild or, you know, I, I, I didn't know if I was going to go finish the, the, my, the end of that year in the East Coast League, AHL or NHL. So, was, you know, it just kind of all worked out that, um, you know, I had that much interest where, you know, there's, you know, five or six teams and I was able to kind of sit down and see where my best opportunity was to, you know, try to get um, games in the NHL and, um it, not nowhere better than Minnesota, obviously, for me. We're talking with Nate Prosser on Straight from the Source. And again, to uh, subscribe to The Athletic, theathletic.com slash straight from the source. We have tons of uh, uh, articles out there, a thousand plus articles a week at The uh, Athletic, 400 writers. And we also have podcasts all over our site. A lot of good uh, guests on this week's podcast. Nick Felino, I listened to this podcast yesterday. Uh, Nick Felino, the brother of uh, Wild. Uh, winger Marcus Foligno, who will actually be next week's guest on Straight from the Source. Uh, Nick is the captain of the Columbus Blue Jackets. He's on with Scott Burnside and Pierre Lebrun this week on Two Man Advantage. Hall of Famer Chris Pronger joins Shane O'Brien and Josh Cooper this week on Point Breakaway. And uh, Mark Savard is on the Perfection Pod with Joe McDonald and Fluto Shinzawa this week of The Athletic. I'm talking to Nate Prosser. Um, Nate, you're from Elk River. Uh, the uh, Somebody asked here, uh, let me see, you might even know who it is. Eagles coach Adam S., uh, who is on the Elk River Hockey Mount Rushmore? Oh, man. Um, I mean, obviously, Joel Otto. You know, whenever you walk into the Elk River Ice Arena, you see him drinking out of the Stanley Cup when you walk down the stairs at the Olympic sheet. Um, he's got to be, you know, front and center. And then Dan Heinout, he's got a cup. Um, he brought it back to Elk River. And I remember going to the Stanley Cup party at his house. It was pretty crazy and cool. Um, you know, Paul Martin has got to be there. He played, a, had a long career. And, I, you know, I, I don't, I, I, you know how humble and I am. I don't want to <laughs> throw myself on there, but um, who's the fourth? Um, I don't know. Ten, play, 10 years in the NHL, 12 playing professionally. <laughs> I think you've got to be on there. Yeah, I, all right. I'll, be, I'll, I'll take the fourth spot. <laughs> I mean, that's the four guys that have made it to the NHL out at Elk River, but, you know, there's probably going to be some more. And, um, maybe I'll get knocked off someday, but, uh, you know, um, I, I'm, I was lucky to grow up in that city is it, a city that was just completely centered around hockey. Um, yeah, it, it, I mean, it was crazy. Like in the, in the summers we were, you know, building Stanley cups out of tinfoil and playing for it, you know, putting our little boom box out in the street and shutting down our little street and playing street hockey all day. And, um, you know, in the winters is, is that we're out at the rink all day, all night. I mean, we're rink rats and, um, that's kind of where you picked up the love for the game. And, um, you know, I, I, I that's, that's where I found the love and Elk River is definitely a great spot for us to grow up. Your brother, Luke Prosser, who I, I believe might have been like best buddies with Brent Burns before you even got a chance to play with him. Right. Um, yeah, kind of crazy deal. Yeah. They, they met cause he, his wife was walking around a dog or something and Luke's wife said, Oh, you know, those are really cool dogs. And she's like, Oh, we're, we're selling some. And they ended up, you know, going over to their house and meeting up and kind of just, I guess, hitting it off, I guess. And they, yeah, they had all those Huskies, friends. right? Yeah. Huskies. Yeah. Yep. And so Luke, um, you know, used to hang out at the pit in Elk River, the famous pit. And that's where you really got your love of hockey, right? You used to, with your older brother, go chase him around this, this rink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, three years older, and um, you know, my mom had to drop both of us off because he was kind of the guy that looked over me and kind of watched over me and made sure I wasn't doing anything stupid. Or, um, and I, you know, kind of chased him around and his buddies, even though he didn't want to and wanted me there. You know, I, I bugged him all the time. I was a little bug growing up, kind of a little gnat <laughs> on his on his shoulder. But um, yeah, I mean, playing against kids three years older a lot probably helped me a lot out and. Um, you know, I, I called all my buddies down there as, as well. And, um, we kind of just got big, big games going down there. Cause like I said, Elk River was, I mean, 
all my buddies played hockey. That's the thing we did. We'll have more with uh, Nate Prosser in a minute, but first a word from our sponsor, Hawthorne. Hanging out in disgusting, smelly locker rooms all the time, the one thing I know is smelling good is important after you leave them. Well, Hawthorne smells really good, and getting Hawthorne cologne is easy. Anybody that knows me knows that I love cologne. I still wear the polo men as a, that I wore as a kid because it reminds me of my grandfather. Well, recently I stumbled upon Hawthorne, and it's absolutely incredible. You should give it a try, or with Father's Day coming up, well, I've got a perfect gift for your pops. Hawthorne also has other personalized products like deodorant, shampoo, conditioner, face cleansers, and body wash. But here's what you've got to do first. Go to Hawthorne.co and take a quick two-minute quiz. Hawthorne will tell you the two colognes that are best for you, one for work and one for play. It's totally risk-free with free shipping and free returns. Check out Hawthorne at Hawthorne.co. That's Hawthorne with an E and .co, not .com. Hawthorne.co. And use my promo code ATHLETIC to get 10% off your first purchase. That's Hawthorne.co and use my promo code ATHLETIC to get 10% off your first purchase. Hawthorne.co. We're back with Nate Prosser. I'm Michael Russo from Straight from the Source. Uh, Nate, um, I do have a question from Luke uh, Prosser. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. (laughs) What's it like being locked up in the house with five girls during a stay-at-home order? Oh, man, I need a break. It, it's <laughs> it's chaos. Um, we, I, I mean, it's full goal, twenty four seven. I mean, he knows what it's like. He has three boys and a girl, so it's. Um, we're we're I we're biking to parks. We're going for walks. You know, on top of doing homeschooling, my wife's probably pulling her hair out. You know, each and every day <laughs> trying to you know get them going with their school and reading and writing and. Um, it, uh, I don't know. It's hard. I I definitely tip my cap to, you know, full time moms and moms at homeschool now. I mean, it's it's craziness, but um, you know, it's it's nice to be around them though too. We're 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 like I said, we're we're doing a lot of cool things too. We're we're going swimming a lot, and we're uh, you know we playing out on our park and um, doing rollerblading. And I was gonna take them out to the range today to hit some golf shots. So. Um, it, it's nice to be a dad full time, but um, it, it can be chaotic at times. You also want to throw them through a wall at times. And um, uh, <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to a few road trips this next year. That's for sure. And you, uh, you definitely, Nate, had experience with this when you played with the St. Louis Blues. You were in that tiny apartment with all, your entire family as well. So I'm sure oh, it's man. a little easier being in a big house now. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um, that was craziness, too. Yeah, I mean, if you talk to my wife about that whole situation, she, she has stories on stories with that. Um, she's, she's at her wit's end a lot of times. We were, I mean, we weren't even at a hotel, or we weren't even at an apartment for a while. We were at a hotel, a Sinesta Suites for probably like a month or two and it was like i mean it was a two bedroom with like a a, a tiny kitchen and tiny living room i mean literally we we're standing on on top of each other 24 hours a day so it, i mean that was just craziness and um yeah I, I i i look back on that and just laugh i mean we had a baby sleeping in our closet in a, in a pack and play God. we had two other kids in the other room kind of you know almost like sharing beds and we, you know we had three kids and we we're living at a, a hotel i mean literally just yeah. kind of like a small probably 500 square foot hotel room and it, i mean just trust me when i say when we got picked up off waivers we got our kids out of school literally 20 minutes later our bags packed an hour later and we were on the road heading up to minnesota basically as fast as you can blink your eyes it's funny i i almost feel like i was like in cahoots to get you back here if you remember like a week before you were claimed off waivers i did a story with you kind of talking about how difficult this situation was for you and all of a sudden they you know st louis was going to have a roster issue coming up and maybe this could be the beginning of nate prosser coming back to minnesota and didn't doug armstrong call you right after that and say what do you want me to do yeah 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 he's um you know he was a good guy to me um he knew the situation i was in you know we did it the first time but that was like right out of camp and um, he just wanted to get me to the minors to, you know, have me as a, a depth guy in that organization to call up possibly. And then, you know, a couple of years later, um, kind of the same deal, but um, Jay Bowmeister got hurt um, in camp. So, you know, it was like a six to eight week deal. And all of a sudden I was the number seventh defenseman there. But 
I was just kind of buying my time there because I knew when he got back, a lot of teams don't keep eight defensemen. So um, he, you know, approached me about, you know, kind of the situation that was going to go down and whether, you know, what we could do. And because they didn't have an American League team at the time either. You remember that? Yeah. Where St. Yeah. Louis, uh, they were sending guys to San Antonio and then Chicago. And uh, I, I think Bennington was in Providence or something too. So, I mean, they're kind of sending guys everywhere. So I'm just like, man, I could go to, I was telling my wife at the time, like we could go to 60 different spots. You know, we could go to any AHL team cause they could, you know, loan me there or we could get picked up on waivers to, you know, a, any different NHL squad. So it was, I mean, it was kind of chaos at that time, you know, and we were doing this all with, you know, three kids under five years old, four years old. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, your uh, brother also asked, uh, how many Disney uh, princess movie have you watched? <laughs> um, yeah, we've been going through all those. I mean, we got Disney Plus and literally just <laughs> one one after the next. Um, you know, but we, we make sure that, you know, schoolwork is done and we're trying to get our girls reading a little bit more and writing. But, um, you know, at the end of the night when things are winding down, we always, you know, get a princess movie on because that's that's what they're into you know yeah um nate i do have a some twitter questions from you from a lot of wild fans uh rob lewis um wants to know if you have a special bond with chuck fletcher seeing how he signed you out of college he claimed you off waivers uh, a a couple times and now has brought you to the philadelphia flyers um yeah i mean uh, i don't know if it's i don't know what you want to call it i guess it's a friendship um you know i we've definitely kind of, a respect level obviously yeah 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 for sure that, that's kind of more what i would say it is you know there's we're i'm not afraid to call him up and talk to him you know just about life and about his family and um see how things are going and um you know he's kind of been a a, a good a good guy for my career obviously you know coming out of college um i i i i, I was kind of nervous to talk to gms and scared to talk to like, you, you you know, you saw me when I walked into the wild locker room. I was a nervous kid, and um, I was able to kind of almost form, form a friendship with him, you know, pretty quickly thereafter. Just, I don't know how or why, but um, we were able to talk and, you know, kind of sit down a few times. And, um, you know, over the years, I've, I've been able to sign some contracts with him. It was funny when I... When I did have that conversation with Doug Armstrong, he was saying, Chuck Fletcher... Um, uh, what was the what was the quote? Um, something about agent fees. He he owes him. Chuck owes Doug <laughs> agent fees for always signing him, and then Chuck claiming me back on waivers <laughs> or something like that. It, I don't know. It's kind of funny, but yeah, I don't know. I I going into this last summer, um, you know, you you get into your thirties and contracts are harder to come by, so you need to, as a depth defenseman, um, you need to go where a guy knows your game and a guy trusts you and wants you in that locker room and wants you around the young guys. And, um, I, I knew, you know, I had that friendship with Chuck where, I, uh, I could call him and, you know, kind of discuss that and, um, just worked out that, you know, I was able to sign another couple of years with them. And, um, yeah, he, he's, he's been a, a, a definitely, a, a good guy for my career. Well, it is funny. I mean, you know, Nate Chuck has learned a couple times in your in his career that that uh, you know you don't realize what you have in Nate Prosser until he's gone. And a perfect example is 2017-18, where the Wild chose not to sign you. You go and sign with St. Louis, and then they, um, you know, uh, with not not to put not to make you say it, but I'll say it. Kyle Quincy was an absolute disaster here. And they essentially, you know, threw him away and, and brought you back. And I think if you ask any wild player about that 2017-18 season turning point, it was when you walked back into that locker room and Kyle Quincy was let go. And you come in and the rest is history. You guys go on an absolute tear. You hadn't played in two months. They throw you in the lineup. You're great right away. And and frankly, of all your seasons with the Minnesota Wild, your 2017-18 season might have been your best. Yeah, yeah, and honestly, like when people ask what's the you know that your best moment or best game of your career, it's not even a game. My best my best moment of my career, my NHL career, was getting claimed back by Minnesota in seventeen eighteen and walking back in the locker room, 
just getting embraced by the guys and seeing them all again, you know, making new nicknames for everybody, giving them everyone <laughs> hugs. And I mean, it wasn't just the guys as, you know, the coaches and staff and, you know, seeing Darby and Bob Mason and, um, you know, I've built a lot of good relationships with a lot of those guys, Tony and Tricky. And, um, you know, I, I, those guys are all great. And, um, that was a special moment for my career. And, um, you know, the, I, I knew, cause a lot of guys were texting me saying, you know, our, our third set's a disaster, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. And, um, I, I just kind of figured, you know, there might be an opportunity for me for, for me to get back there. And that, I was, I was praying that I was, they would claim me off waivers. You know, I, I got pulled off the ice in St. Louis and they didn't tell me who claimed me right away. So I was, I had to sit around for 24 hours and, um, the next day it wasn't Doug Armstrong that called me. It was Mart Martin Brodeur is their assistant GM. And he called me kind of laughing and I'm like, what the heck's going on? He's like, you're not going to believe this. I'm like, Oh, like what's going on? He's like, Oh, the wild claimed you back. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like just kind of <laughs> crazy. Like, like how many, like it, it just, you can't make that stuff up. It, it's yeah. almost like a, well, it's, it's crazy. Well, I remember when I called you, uh, I was, I was um, at the athletic at the time. And I remember calling you, and you were absolutely jumping for joy. And then I got off the phone with you, and I think Andrew Height from the Wild called you. And that I overheard the conversation that Whitey had with you, and you would have thought that he was talking to an old buddy. He was so excited yeah, to yeah. give you your travel information back to Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, like walking back into that locker room, like even walking below, seeing like Zamboni guys, they're all saying, you know, <laughs> good to have you back, Pross. And, you know, that just, it just made me feel good. Like, you know, I. I'm a seventh defenseman or, you know, sixth defenseman at times. Yeah. It's not like they're getting, they didn't trade for a first round pick or a second round pick. They, you know, they're just getting Nate Prosser back. So like, I just thought, you know, I just kind of go back and, you know, hopefully get some games, but, you know, I was able to go back and kind of make an impact on that third set. Um, and, you know, that run we made was great and, you know, making it into the playoffs and, that, that was that was definitely a fun run for us. A couple more minutes with uh, Nate Prosser. Uh, Michael Kadahi, this is why he, hopefully I pronounced that right, uh, Michael. Sorry if I got it wrong. He asked, when are you coming back to the Minnesota Wild? <laughs> it's got to happen, right? In some capacity, player or off the ice. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe off the ice. I don't know. I'd, yeah, I would love <laughs> to do that someday. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know kind of what, what I, I got one year left with um, the Philly organization and, you know, I'll be 35 after next year and all my kids are kind of getting older. I, you know, I, I think, you know, I got one year left of me. And, and then after that, uh, I don't know. Uh, I would like to stay in hockey. And if that's with the wild, that'd be awesome. You know, if it's somewhere else, so be it. But um, just with kids getting older and I, I don't want to have to keep moving them around and mm -hmm. shifting schools and shifting cities. And it, I, I just don't want to make that hard on them. So, um, you know, got one year left on my contract and play that out and kind of go from there. I, I, I don't know after the, beyond that. How are, what are you doing? Are you like right now working out like you could potentially be a black ace this, this summer or, or have you talked to Chuck Fletcher in the last couple of days on what the I, plans are? I haven't, I haven't talked to anyone with Philly. Um, you know, I was still working out once um, we got back from Lehigh Valley. We, uh, we, we drove our cars back cause um, we couldn't ship them cause they were not, uh, that was a non, non essential business out there. So they, they wouldn't ship cars. So we're like, well, we got to have cars back there. So we, we ended up throwing all of our kids in two cars and drove across the country from, you know, Pennsylvania to Minnesota, which was a headache. But, um, we, uh, um, yeah, I haven't talked to really anyone with the flyers, but I am kind of working out just in case they, mm -hmm. they want me to do that. I, trying to stay in somewhat of a routine. Like I said, when I got back, I, I was working out to, cause I didn't know if Lehigh Valley was, or if the AHL season was going to continue. So I wanted to be ready for that if that ever happened. But now that that's canceled, I'm kind of waiting to see if it's a yes or no situation for black acing. But I don't know. I, I they're all saying, you know, next season might not even start till December or January. Now. I mean, yep. if I don't black ace, like it, it this is going to be a long, long yeah. summer of, you know, training. And I mean, that that's a little crazy. 
Yeah. Uh, Gone Puck Wild asks, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, what was Prosser's favorite game as a member of the Wild? It's got to be Hockey Day Minnesota, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that one. Uh, what was that, 2014, I think? Or, yep. Um, you scored the overtime winner on Hockey Day Minnesota. How the heck did you wind up on the ice? That's my <laughs> biggest question. I don't know. Uh, you might have to do a podcast with Rick Wilson and ask him about that. <laughs> I, I played like two overtime shifts in my career. Um, I did one this year and my other one was in minute, you know, that one, like uh, he, he called my number, you know, he said, Pross, you're up. And I, I, you know, I look back and I'm cause, cause I thought he was like legit, just kind of going to make a joke out of it. <laughs> I'm like, you shouldn't joke like that. And now he's like, go, you're up, you're up. So I just hopped over the boards and basically I skated right towards the net. You know, I, I saw a coil coming around the net and need rider out in the slot. He got up to need rider. I knew need rider was going to get it to the net and, um puck just came to me and um yeah that 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 day was pretty <laughs> memorable that i'll you know probably share with my grandkids someday it's i don't know it's pretty cool yeah um al I th- wasn't it didn't you score like back-to-back winners for the wild that that, or in that yeah sequence or yeah 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 i i think i scored i can't remember the next game was it Tan- someone like tampa or something i scored yeah. again i remember yeah, it, was, it was something like that yeah. Um, Alec asks, um, this is funny. He goes, what's your, what's your greatest memory of sitting in the press box? My mom replied to this tweet and goes, obviously sitting with Russo. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know. Um, greatest memory up there. Um, How slow it is up in the press box. Yeah, seriously. Like you're, you become kind of a coach pretty fast. Um, like you, you think you can make all the plays and, when you get on the ice, but it's a fast game. Um, you get back on the ice for practice the next morning. It's like, Oh, well, you know, I thought the game looked a little slower up top, but no, you, you got to definitely adjust to it. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I can't remember like a moment where I was like, Holy crap. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, I, let, yeah. me, let me ask you this one. This is a good one. Uh, the dog father who's by the way, his Twitter name is belly rubs for pups. I love it. Um, he goes, uh, if you could choose uh, to have anyone in the league as your defense partner, who would it be and why? Ooh. Um, wow. Um, I'm trying to think of a, a crazy, probably. Hmm. I, I mean, I love playing with Jonas Brodeen. I was thinking, I'm trying to think of a, a lefty that skates like the wind. I mean, Nick Letty, <laughs> maybe, like where I can just, mm-hmm. you know, kind of get him the puck and he just goes type of guy. Um, yeah, I would say Letty. Um, just the fact that, you know, I, I'm, I'm able to break the puck out of the zone a lot of times. You know, my, my forte isn't skating the puck from our goal line to the, to the opposing team's goal line. And, you know, a guy like, I get the puck to our forwards or a guy like Letty where he can do that kind of job would, mm-hmm. would, would be someone like that. Uh, please just sign Kaprizov already asks, uh, what do you think was the best part of playing youth hockey <laughs> and high school hockey in Minnesota? Um, I think just all the bonds you form with all your neighbors and your friends. Um, those are the kind of all the guys you grow up with and the, the, the best friends you make are the, the, are the guys you have on your teams growing up in youth. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we not only played hockey together, we played baseball and football. I mean, we did everything together. I remember a few guys that I, on the on the same street I lived with, and um, we just, th- th- those are the the bonds that you you make for a lifetime. And um, I, I loved playing for my hometown, and um, you know, especially when we made the state tournament my sophomore year, um, going down to the XL Energy Center and playing against Jefferson with a sold out arena was was a memory I'll I'll, I'll keep forever too. Is Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's a lot of memories growing up where, you know, road trips going up to like Grand Rapids and Cloquet and, um, you know, th- those are all the memories you keep forever. We, you know, playing knee hockey in the, in, in the hallways and playing, you know, cards for quarters and dimes, you know, like we there's just a lot of moments that 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 make mm-hmm. for for a great a great time and um you know, Elk River definitely had that with me and um, with with all my friends that I made there for, from that's awesome. sports. Yep, uh, two or three more Twitter uh, questions for Nate Prosser. Uh, thanks for joining uh, straight from the source, uh, Nate. Um, Josh Venson asks, uh, "What was it like playing uh, in the WCHA during the glory days of the WCHA?" 
Uh, yeah, I think that was the glory days. Um, I miss like the old WCHA when I watched college hockey. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to say like Big Ten ruined it by any means, but I, I just loved like <laughs> everyone Everyone was a rival with the Gophers. You know, you watch the Gophers play St. Cloud. You watch Gophers play um, Duluth or North Dakota. Um, you know, everyone loved beating the Gophers and um, – I, I really enjoyed it. That, that was kind of like when growing up, I would always tell guys, you know, or teachers, my, my dream is to play in the NHL. And then they would be like, okay, well, what else? You know, and then I'd be like, well, <laughs> I, I want to, you know, get my you know college paid for, um, and playing the WCHA. Cause that was kind of, I, I loved watching the Gophers. I love watching the wild growing up. And, um, I always wanted to play in the WCHA so I could always come back and play against them or, you know, possibly with them. And, um, we, we did a few family trips growing out, gr- growing up out to Colorado and, um, I kind of grew a little love for it. And, uh, I, I went and did a, a visit to Duluth or I mean, sorry, uh, Denver and CC. And I was just kind of said, uh, whoever comes first, uh, was going to be my pick and just so happened that CC was, and, um, I, I, I really enjoyed playing playing in WCHA. Uh, you know, great competition. Um, you definitely grow up as a man, and um, uh, you know, playing against Denver and North Dakota, and you know, there there nothing nothing really beat beat that at that time. I thought um, you know yep. we, we create a lot of rivalries, and you know, Denver was definitely the biggest, and we played you know for a trophy against those guys, and. Um, yeah, just a lot of good memories there. And, you know, I was still dating my, my wife at that time. So it was nice <laughs> to be able to, to come back to, you know, play Mankato and St. Cloud and Minnesota and Duluth. Um, you know, all my, you know, even my, all my family, uh, you know, I'd have a, you know, kind of a big following. I had a lot of buddies that came to a lot of those trips and we get hotel rooms and, you know, be there for the weekend. And that, I, those are, uh, I'll, I'll, I'm, I, you know, I'm walking down memory, memory lane and remembering all this. And those, those are really good memories for me just cause, um, you know, I, I shared them with, you know, all my, you know, closest friends and family and, you know, girlfriend or wife at the time, you know, mm-hmm. wife now. So, um, yeah, I, 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 that was, that was my dream was to play in the WCHA and, uh, I'm, I'm thankful to, that, uh, CC was able to come along. Uh, two more questions for Nate Prosser, uh, very generous with his time this morning. Um, Minnesota Wild Affiliates and Prospects asked, so what was it like playing, uh, finishing last season uh, with the Iowa Wild? Um, you know, it's interesting. I watched you score. I saw highlights of you scoring that first goal, um, your only goal with Lehigh Valley this past season. And it was so obvious when you scored that goal how excited the entire team was, which just again shows your character <laughs> and how much you're this beloved teammate. And, and that was not easy for you. You're put on waivers by Paul Fenton uh, last season, um, right at the beginning of yeah. February. And you go down to Iowa like a veteran, like, an, like a leader. You don't bitch and moan publicly. You go down there and all you do is become a leader on that team and help them into their first playoff and go into a, a pretty cool playoff run. It was just said everything about your character. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember actually it was, uh, um, the, the bye week for the wild and I yep. took my family down to Disney world. We were in, we we're in Orlando and I got a text. With Parisi, think, right? Yeah. With Parisi. Yeah. 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 With his kids. And we were, we were yep. doing this all together and I got a text saying we claimed potato off waivers. And I, you know, I, I showed Zach, we yep. started talking about it for the while. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like, I mean, obviously this is going to affect me, you know, like, I don't know yeah. what's going to happen with me. He's like, Oh, I don't, you know, don't, don't think about that like that or whatever he said. Um, but I knew like there was going to be some shakedown with that. I, I get back and, you know, I, I go on and talk with Boudreaux about it and, you know, it, it's just, it kind of pushed me to the number eight spot. And like I have always said, you know, teams don't keep eight a lot of times. So, um, especially because he just acquired Brad hunt too. So it was like, yeah, I mean, it was not easy to not hard to figure out the math. Oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah. There was, I I mean, definitely, I guess I, my game didn't match what Paul Fenton wanted it to. So, um, 
he wanted to make changes and you know that, that you can do that as a GM and he did that and you know like yeah he brought in Brad Hunt on a trade and then picked up Potato and you know all of a sudden it kind of pushed me out the door and you know I I didn't want to go down to Iowa and you know and not be happy and you know I was going to go down there without my family because they were you know, still in school I said just stay up here and finish school and do your thing come down on the weekends when you can or whatever and you know, I, I, you know, they got me an apartment down there and, um, I, I just kind of made the most of it. It was, a, it was a good group of guys. Um, you know, a lot of hockey locker rooms are pretty similar. Um, they most of the time they're humble, kind down to earth guys. And just another one down in Iowa that, uh, you know, we were able to, you know, kind of do, do a good run down there. We, we went on a good run and, you know, made the playoffs and, um, you know, I thought we even could have gone farther, but, uh, you know, we, we, we ran into a hot team with Chicago, but, um, it was a fun experience. Um, um, I met a lot of good guys and that, that, that's, that was, that was kind of the, the best part of it. Yeah. The, um, uh, it really, uh, was a cool little run. It was actually very fun to cover that Iowa team. I remember after one of your wins, I went out, actually went out uh, to dinner with you and your dad. Um, after yeah. one of those victories down there, it was just kind of uh, cool to see you in that element and not being at all like, you know, you weren't like the, again, like your whole career, you didn't have this attitude like I'm this NHL veteran playing down in the minors, you know, like you, you just were excited to really help that team out. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's all I wanted to do is I don't, I don't want to ruffle any feathers or, you know, I, I, I even felt bad, like going down there and taking someone out of the lineup that has been playing all year. Like I, I didn't even want to do that, but um, uh, it, it, I just wanted to go down there and, you know, continue to play my game. You know, I, I, I knew my contract was, was up after that year. So I didn't know what the future was going to hold. I obviously, I, I, I kind of figured it wasn't going to be back with the wild cause, um, you know, with <laughs> Paul Fenton there, I, I didn't know, you know, obviously he wasn't fond of my game or something. I don't, I don't really know, but, um, I just, uh, I was able to go down, go down and play with, you know, Matt Barkowski and, you know, get, form a good bond with him and, you know, play with Louis Velpedio and, you know, Brandon Manal And, you know, there's a lot of good guys down there and good players. And I, I, it was a good group because I, I knew that they were bound to make a run. And it, I was just kind of mm-hmm. happy to be a part of it and, and kind of not not being outsider i don't want to go down there and kind of be like a guy like oh that you know just he go he goes to the rink and then goes home no i wanted to be a guy that you know was you know was was tight with all the guys and you know a, kind of a, just a, a guy's guy i guess you could say yeah well you know again like the way that you uh the way that claiming you off waivers in 2018 uh, seemed to turn that season around. I really think that lo- that sending you on waivers really put the Minnesota Wild in a tough, uh, you know, upheaval. Uh, I don't think there's a, um, I don't think it's a shock that after they lost you, they won w- like one game last February. But uh, and that's nothing. To, that's no offense to Brad Hunt or Anthony Potato, two great guys. But uh, but I think that that's how popular you are in the Wild locker room. Uh, Nate Prosser, we're talking to. Last question. We'll save the best for last. Uh, Aaron Heckman asks, who was your biggest mentor? Oh, wow. Um, probably Dan Hynote. Really? Yeah. I think growing up, um, just he would come back and live in Elk River. He had a house not far from mine, and he got a key to the arena, the ice arena in Elk River. And um, he's just such a down to earth, down to earth, humble guy. And he was so nice to me. He'd, he'd take me out there with a couple of his buddies. I, 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 th- I think it was like Brad Larson and a couple college guys that he's buddies with. Um, they would go skate out, out, out on Elk River Arena at like 11 o'clock at night. And, you know, he'd call me to come along and um, just kind of almost took me under his wing and, um, you know, taught me a few things here and there out there about, you know, skating and shooting and, you know, fighting. Um, you know, I didn't know anything about fighting or anything at that time, but, um, he's kind of, kind of guided me in the right direction to, you know, he was, he was always a small guy that never, never made all the teams either. You know, he, he had to go to West Point because, you know, yeah. you know probably not a lot of teams were interested. And then, you know, he kind of had to do it the hard way, kind of like, like me. So, um, I, I look up to him a lot and, um, 
I, I still keep in touch with them nowadays. Well, I know you got a big uh, boys golf trip this weekend. I know your dad's very excited about it. You and uh, your dad and Luke and your brother-in-law, Kevin, and I think uh, Marty Nanny and his kids, Tyler and Louie Nanny, are going over to Sand Valley this weekend. That should be an absolute blast. Oh, man, I can't wait. Like, you, like I told you earlier, I'm you know kind of ready to leave my kids <laughs> behind for a little bit. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to it. I, I've, I've only played like one round of golf, um, so I'm looking forward to playing a crap ton and getting out, getting out in the sun. Your dad's the best golfer of the family, right? Isn't he awesome? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he plays Spring Hill a lot, and he's been shooting like mid seventies here recently. Is what he's been telling me. So, um, there, I mean, there, I can't even touch that. If I break ninety out there, I'm 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 pretty happy with my game. Well, Nate, this was a lot of fun taking a trip down memory lane with you. Uh, you know, it, I think it says everything about you that a uh, eighth defenseman that played ten years for the Wild is still such a fan favorite here in Minnesota. Fans absolutely just adored watching you. And maybe we'll see. I tell Bill Guerin about ten times a week that uh, hey, when Nate Prosser's career ends, you got to hire him in some capacity. So, yeah, well, uh, keep that so maybe going. We'll see- yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll see you in a Minnesota Wild uh, uh, at least polo shirt at some point. In some yeah. So. yeah, thanks for that. I'd like to do that probably. Yeah. Well, that is uh, Nate Prosser, uh, Philadelphia Flyers defenseman and former Minnesota Wild defenseman. Uh, check out our comment section for each podcast episode at the Athletic app and uh, feel free to uh, leave your comments. Tell us how we're doing and I'll, I'll uh, be able to talk to you as well on those uh, comments. And don't forget to rate and subscribe to Straight From The Source on Apple. If you click on the show URL, which is theathletic.com slash straight from the source, you'll get 40% off your subscription. Thanks, Nate. Yeah, thanks, Bruce.